thing that I know very little about. Um, but it's something that I've been kind of wrestling with for a while. And um, and I and I'm sure there's you know there's smarter people who know more about this and everything, but um, um, <laughs> That was God's message to be easy on yourself. I know. <laughs> we did that last night. But anyway, um, so I, um, so yeah, I, I told Stephen I'm glad he's down here because. He's the, the brilliant one around here. So. All right. Um, so I'm just going to, uh, like I said, I wanted to preface that I'm uh, at all not an expert on this. It's just things I've thought about, and we'll um, just kind of go through this together. And I do think it's something that the majority of us um, have probably at least thought about, or um, but you'll see where I'm going. So. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for this time, and we thank you for your, your great love and your mercy and your grace. Um, on subjects like this, Lord, I am, I am quite thankful for your grace, um, and I and I uh, pray that those listening and, and watching um, give me some grace on this too. But I also pray, Lord, that. Um, that what I have to say maybe will at least um, help. I mean, it's really the most I can I can pray for. And again, uh, Lord, we just, we just we just thank you so much for for your love. Thank you for your Son Jesus. How he um, <clears throat> showed us how to how to live. And we thank you again for this time. In Jesus' name, I pray. All right, you ready? Why are we here? And I don't mean here at TLR. I mean, why do we even exist? Why is there humanity? <clears throat> I've been listening lately to a Christian philosopher slash theologian named David Bentley Hart. Um, and he is a, a Christian philosopher. I didn't even know that category really even existed. Mm -hmm. um, Christian philosophy emerged in the second century and is described as the set of philosophical ideas initiated by Christians with the goal of reconciling science and faith starting from natural, rational explanations with the help of Christian revelation. And my, <clears throat> my thinking is a good example, maybe a, an example of that would be in Psalm 15, where it said, um, um, heavens declare the handiwork of God, that kind of thing. It's, um, you know, it's, it's rational that you can see up there and tell that there's something going on. Um, Paul says in Romans that um, everybody knows there's a God simply by creation. The existence of creation. 
So, um, Christian philosophy is about reconciling science and God. There are a lot of Christians who will not even entertain the idea that God created everything through the evolutionary process. So, um, this is where I, I know I fail um, a lot in knowledge of evolution and that kind of stuff. Just kind of what I hear and pick up and all that kind of thing. Um, but I know some people who, like, it's it's not even remotely, um, it, it can't, can't be that way, right? And usually they say because science is only out to disprove God and to remove God from everything. I don't know if you've ever heard that. I've heard that many times. I actually kind of think maybe I've said it once or twice. <laughs> and that may be true in some cases, but... Those Christians still trust science in nearly every other way from medicine to technology, which is interesting that when it, you know, a cure for cancer ever comes out, you know, everybody will be in line, all those people will be in line, but they don't trust science, but they do trust, trust it for that. So, all right, so, um, in fact, a lot of people have walked away from the Christian faith after being convinced evolution is a viable option, but did they need to? All right, so um, my understanding from what I've heard and, and a few people I know is that they were taught one thing growing up. Usually they go off to college somewhere and they hear this whole other thing and, and, and it's like it's, they're, they're convinced that what the college is telling you is true. And then so they, they assume that everything they've been taught from church and everything is, is a lie. So they can't trust it anymore. All right, so uh, I'm not going to try to convince you that God did create through the evolutionary process. Since I'm not 100% convinced myself, uh, I don't think it really matters. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter how it actually happened. But I like to ponder these things, and, and can, can God and evolution be reconciled? So, in... I'm quite sure others have wrestled with this question also. Has anybody has anybody wrestled with that question? Okay. The smart guy has. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think everybody has. And and some just come to kind of come to the conclusion that you you either have to believe evolution the way they say it is, or and you have to just you know it has to be one or the other. That's the way our society works these days. Right? All right, so um, a couple of years ago, I taught on the, uh, the creation story. And, and I, um, through, through my study on, on it, about in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth and, and all that, um, which is interesting because the NRSV says that in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was, was formless and void and all that. And I think it's interesting that they throw the word men in there, okay? And apparently, that is an acceptable translation of the Hebrew word. It is being, in the beginning, God created, or in the beginning, when God created. All right, so, um, but in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was, was, was form, a formless void. And, and darkness and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, in my research on doing that, looking at the uh, the concordance, what void meant in the Hebrew and all that, it was 
it was taught that it, it has connotations that that there was um, um, a lot of chaos um, and a lot of violence somehow in this wording that's what the, that's what that means so in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth there was there was chaos and violence which is kind of the opening the door that opens up for the whole um, dinosaur thing and all that kind of stuff right but I, I don't know anything about that so let me say that. Um, but, but in the beginning, uh, there was when God created, there was chaos and violence, and um, and darkness was on was on over the land. And, um, and it says that light and darkness was on the first day. Um, but light doesn't mean like this. It means like enlightenment. And darkness means the lack of the lack of enlightenment. So. And, and, this, and, then, and a lot of people will point out, it's like, well, how can there be light on the first day when the sun, the moon, and the stars were created on the fourth? So, okay. So, um, so, so just kind of keep that in mind, that when God created everything, it started out as a formless void full of chaos and violence. If my interpretation of the Hebrew words and all that is, is right. Okay. And from what I understand... A lot of the creation counts from ancient civilizations, creation came about from some sort of violence. So I know there's one, I think it's the um, Greg Boyd talks about the, the Babylonian creation story about these two gods are fighting and then they hit somehow and one explodes. And that's how all, everything got there was when this one God exploded. But the Jewish creation story tells us God takes the violence and the chaos and turns it into order. Okay. A God who starts with a mess and turns it into something beautiful and good. But if the evolutionary process is just what it is, a brute fact with no rhyme or reason behind it coming into being, then what's the point? So I'm going to work on the premise that evolution Evolution, at least what we know of it, is how it all started. Okay, not that I 100% agree with it. I'm just, I'm just working with this, this, this. Um. My very limited understanding of evolution is that as things evolve, they get better. Is that true? I mean, if you think it's survival of the fittest, I mean. That, that would be whoever is not as good dies off, and who is better, or what is better, keeps going. This is that was the one that I said about somebody really smart is going to be here and refute me. Okay, things have been evolving for eons, yet everything falls apart, everything still decays, everything still dies. If evolution is just a random act that by accident started from a primordial stew with no way of stopping it, with death with death, and the eventual non-existence being the inevitable conclusion, then what is the point? And I have heard the, the Ecclesiastes, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. But what if there is something behind the process and how can we possibly know? A few weeks ago, Haley taught on what is commonly known as the fall of man. Um, 
So basically, uh, to recap, that is Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, they're told to eat from all the trees, but this one, uh, one of the knowledge of good and evil, they decide to eat from that tree, and and then they, and by eating from that, they they learn what is good and evil. And so, what God does, He banishes them from the gardens, and, and it says that since now they know the difference between good and evil, who wants to make sure that they don't eat from the tree of eternal life, because that's there too. And typically this is read as punishment for Adam and Eve, but I actually see it as an act of kindness on God's part. And sometimes kindness can seem unkind, because now that they both, both know what is good and evil, they can choose which they want to be. And if they choose evil, then, then eat of the tree of life, they would be eternally separated from God. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And if God's ultimate goal was to not lose the relationship with humanity and not to punish them, what does that say about the character of God? The book of 1 John states that God is love and all who love know God. So this is First um, John chapter 4, starting 7 through 12. <clears throat> Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Okay? God's love is revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God, since God loved us so much, we, ought, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. It says, um, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. What does that what does that mean to you what that says? This has always been a really difficult scripture for me. Because if I think about it in terms of people who are not Christian but seem very loving, mm -hmm. it seems like it's either saying that, well, they don't know God, so what I think is there is love really isn't, or it means they they do know God, even though they may not know Christ, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and which kind of tends to go against a lot of teaching. teaching. But isn't that kind of what that's saying though? Is if you if you know how to if you if you know love, then that means you know that you know God. Um, Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. And I think no there doesn't mean, I don't think it means to um, have a concept or anything like that. I think it, it's a much deeper, deeper thing. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Okay, so what does that mean to live through Christ?
maybe like an essence. <laughs> That's what I think. Well, I, I think it's I think it's it's actually, um, oh yeah, yeah. But but I, but I think it's it's meaning is saying that that you might live through him means that you will learn how to love like him. You're living through his. You, know, you can say essence, but through that way, okay. In this, in this is love. Living, you know, loving like Christ did. Not that we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We love it since God loved us so much. We also ought to love one another. Okay. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is perfected in us. Okay, so what do you think that means? God lives in us. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. In essence. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by essence? Well, in the, I think it's easy for us to get caught up on like the physical sense. And this is saying it's not physical. It's more of like a like a, a feeling or a con internal spiritual connection or understanding maybe even um it's hard to describe because that's why that sentence is there it's hard to understand okay um i think it's, it's, it's you know we experience god through love Okay. Like when we love, when we are loved. Okay. You're closer to where I'm, I'm thinking. Um, I think that his love is perfected in us is an interesting part of that scripture. Yeah. Um, I, I should have wrote down the verse... Um, that I, I didn't, it's in, I know it's in John somewhere, um, where Jesus says that um, people we know will know you're my disciples if you love one another. Um, I read this as basically saying that no one's ever seen God, but if people see us loving one another, that's how they see God. Because God is love. And if, and if people see you loving other people, whether they know it or not, they actually are seeing God at work. If we have simply evolved for no real purpose, why did love develop? Because most everything about life is survival and self-fulfillment. Survival is about taking and hoarding and having, which is why, you know, a few months ago you couldn't find toilet paper anywhere or anything like that because everybody was taking as much as they could for themselves. And they were ready to survive, right? You hear about people... Um, they have bunkers full of canned stuff and all this, so because they know the end is coming, they want to survive. Okay, so love is about giving and compassion, even when it's something you need. It's about being vulnerable and opening yourself to be hurt, taken advantage of, and being humiliated. As far as surviving goes, love seems rather nonsensical and detrimental to the cause. Right? 
Um, can you think of, um, so the question, let's go back to this question. You guys are all pretty smart. Um, if it all is just happenstance, it all happened, why, why, why would love develop? How, how does love help you survive? So partnering up with someone and being in a pack of something is certainly like an evolutionary But thing. is that love? No, I suppose, I mean, I don't know. But I do think that like, you know, animals by evolution have paired up and have mm -hmm. lived in packs because it is beneficial for them to take care of each other right. for their own survival. <laughs> but, but when... But say like say like you're an antelope, right? And you're in your herd, and and Bob over there has got a broken leg. They don't stay around Bob, make sure that Bob doesn't get eaten by the wolves. They run away, and Bob dies. Turkeys will actually kill each other if they are weakened. Yeah. Oh. That on the they don't uh, bring predators on to themselves. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so, not love. Right, right. So I mean, I mean, so yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a. Um, the means to the end, right? I mean, yeah, the, yeah. they're actually together because they want to survive. It's not because they're helping the other one survive. They just happen to be helping the other one survive by being doing all the same thing. So there's not really love involved in that. It's mm -hmm. it's more about survival. I think that's that's what maybe you're getting at, to me at least, is there's a difference between surviving and living, and I think that's love. Mm -hmm. that, that takes us to living because if we were just surviving, you know, none of us would be here. You don't have to be here to survive, you know. Right. And so, but it's it's those moments that we we have a moment of being quiet or sitting still or whatever, and then we start to think and we're like, well, what? If, you know, we ask all these questions, and I think that's that's the difference is if you want to bridge that gap and have more questions answered or experience more you have to like have love in order to to do that i think a good example would be during lockdown like the pandemic we all did that to survive so i felt like that was just a, a period of us all surviving mm -hmm. and i i'm not trying to speak for everybody but during that time of isolation is when you really realize how important relationships are right and i'm not not necessarily like I mean, I miss people that I don't love and I just kind of like, you know, <laughs> but I mean, it's just, <laughs> but you know what, I, know, I, I think I'm just kind of saying in a different way what Haley said, like yeah. pandemic was about survival, but then it kind of brought to life, like we need other people. Right. Survival alone isn't very fulfilling. No. And you can say like love from like. It's not like a romantic love or like a familial love, but like it's a version of love. You know, what are the three loves? Uh, you guys know? <laughs> Agape, sure. It's like, it's like the Philadelphia, Philadelphia. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agos or something? Anyway. Uh, arrows. Yeah. Arrows are. Yeah. There's a, um, several studies that have uh, been done about and they they study um i've, I've heard of a, a study with uh, uh newborns uh that uh weren't uh cared by their parents they were in some sort of a clinical hospital situation right. and uh they had all of their physical needs uh met and you know the feeding the changing everything 
uh, but they weren't they weren't nurtured and cuddled and everything. And it I, I think it really affected them to the point that uh, there uh, some of them had died uh, for the lack of of this. And so uh, by seeing that just the the need for uh, the you know the expression of the nurturing and the caring uh, just shows that this is actually a need, not just a want, of uh, the human human spirit. Right, but but if it's all about just surviving, you know, by feeding, you you don't have to nurture a baby for the baby to survive. You can just feed it, make sure it lives. They die. <laughs> if you feed it that well, but did they? <laughs> I don't have the documentation for well, it. I, the, one, the one that I've seen, the one that I've seen is that they would they would do the things with the kids for a while, and then they would quit doing it, and then the kids like would start couldn't figure out why things, and then they would start changing that way. Um, but 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 yes, but right, you're you're jumping ahead. Okay. But can we go back? Because you keep saying if it's all about survival, who says it's about survival? Did you already say that, or is that the point that you're making? Because I don't think that... No, 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 I'm saying that from what I understand that the, the whole um, premise of the evolutionary thing is about survival. That there's I, nothing, there's, sorry, never, there's really nothing behind it other than the fact that species that are dominant dominate and, and, and whoever is strongest lives and whoever dies and, it, and it's not really, it's all about just simply surviving. Don't forget, I'm trying to, I'm connecting evolution with God, okay, so, I'm trying to anyway, all right. All right, so as far as surviving goes, love seems rather nonsensical and detrimental to the cause, because if, if love actually makes you vulnerable and open to taking advantage of and all that, you know, that means you could actually get killed also the genesis account of creation states that humanity is created in the image of god that's why the most ardent atheists can love because they too still have a spark of the divine within them because god is love everyone who loves is born of god and knows god and love is how we know god exists because because it, the, the point I'm trying to make is love is not necessary. Love is not necessary to survive. It, it is for us because we're made in the image of God. All right. But as far as on the from what I understand, the evolutionary claim, it's not it's not about that. It's about surviving. And and if you and if you partner up with people to survive, it doesn't mean you have to care about them, right? It just means that you need them to survive. Are you following me on, on this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's interesting. But Jesus tells us we are to love as God loves, not just those who love us, but to love all mankind. And the other thing um, that just dawned on me in, in the creation account talking of uh, speaking of God's character is I noticed years ago um, that it says that that God um, planted a garden and put Adam in it to take care of 
it's like it's, it started out it starts out that God is doing God is actually serving Adam first and then that gives Adam something to do he doesn't tell Adam to plant the garden and take care of it God actually plants it first and then it has Adam take care of mankind take care of so there's that you know there's that connection okay so going back to um, uh, where is that one at oh the kind of love that Jesus shows in this love that we love okay but I believe love is how we know God exists. But Jesus tells us we are to love as God loves, not just those who love us, but to love all mankind. We are to love the outcast, the foreigner, the enemies, the poor, those other people, those who, those who use us, those with different political views and the politicians they follow, those with different religions, religious beliefs, and even those who deny the existence of God. So, some people, you know, Jesus says thing about, you know, if you love only those who love you, what difference does that make? Everybody does that, right? That is, that is not, that is not the way God loves. God loves everyone. Okay, so circling back to the question, how can we know that something is behind the possible evolutionary process? And as you probably gather, I believe that is love. Because love has nothing to do with surviving, and it's what separates us from the animal. Now, if, it, if, if love is contingent on our surviving, it's simply because, as you were saying, it's simply because we have that spark of the divine in us that needs that. I believe love is, I, I believe it's love because love is going to do with survival and it's what separates us from the animal. Now, and and I was surprised somebody said, what about a dog? A dog loves you, you know, and all that. It's like, I, I think, I think animals, I think animals have a devotion more so than a, a love, if that makes any sense. Um, I think, I think part I, th I think a, I think a, an animal can have a demeanor where it's friendly or mean, right? Kind of like people. Um, but I think ultimately, I think ultimately, um, it's it's not the same as what we have as a love, because a dog will, you know, the the dog has a kid. We went and, and got her somewhere, right? And the people found her, was taking care of her. But they didn't want her, so we went and got her. And she didn't want to come with us. She wanted to stay where she was, right? Um, how much of that is because that's where she's getting fed and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of like a pack, you know, because dogs want to be with stuff. But I, 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 I don't think, I really don't think that an animal's love is equal to, to us. Um, I would, I would never say a, a dog doesn't. I would say a cat doesn't love. I mean, I think a cat, you know. Anyway, um, but um, but that's usually what you get. It's like, well, dog, well, animals love, and it's like, yeah, but I still think there's there's more to it of being just an instinct to be with the food source, and and maybe to a dog that is love, right? They do they do these things for you because they know you get. That's why that's why you train a dog, you feed them, right? 
I think that's just looking at it from your own lens, though, and your experiences. I said, I think that's just you looking at it from your own lens and experience. Okay. Because, I mean, we've all probably had our own experiences with animals, but, like, I've heard so many stories, like, there was one, anyway, I don't know, if you've ever seen, like, a video of a mama cow getting her baby cow taken away from her forever, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, like, heart-wrenching, and the same with elephants, like apparently elephants have a deeper, inst- not instinctual, but maybe that's the right word, but like a deeper instinctual love for their children than right right from the beginning than humans. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I actually just read that in a, a book you would like, Amy. It was, I'll share it with you. But um, and it's actually like the the babies cry that makes humans have to go and start caring for their children. Anyway, so, yeah, and then I also heard the story about this man who had a monkey, and he was in, it was, it was a Christian missionary, and he was in, like, South America or something like that, and he, he befriended this, like, bonobo, mm-hmm. and the bonobo, like, would go and feed itself, and then come back, and they had this, like, friendship and love and like he would travel with it and it would go out and eventually he realized when he was leaving this country like he couldn't he couldn't take this monkey with mm-hmm. and they both had this like you know deep sorrow and sadness and and so yeah so I'm just saying that I think looking through it through that lens is helpful and under maybe understanding God but I don't think that's necessarily a good overarching label well i the, the, the thing is though we can't ask the monkey why it was sad right so that's right. our limit. i mean we, we have to we have to assume that we have to assume that since those are the emotions that we would have that the animal serves that same emotion and we and we don't really know that right i i agree but right. i think saying that they don't have love when we don't know if they do or not. I didn't say they didn't have love. I said, I don't think it's equal to our kind of love. Right, right. Well, that's... That's different. It's just, I think that's pretty close to the same. (laughs) Well, no, because, no, because uh, do the example of the antelope not sacrificing themselves to save the one that's hurt. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, um, it's that kind of thing. Um, It's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's helping... The guy along the side of the road who who's hurt or something, the animals just walk by another hurt animal. They don't they don't have they don't have compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, they right. may have a love, but I, but I think the difference between animals' love is is, is compassion. Mm-hmm. But I guess I would argue, what would how would an animal help another hurt animal? Well, they, it's, it's been known to happen that the, like uh, an adult animal uh, will. The mother will die, and some other species will take in the the, the, the baby of that animal. Okay. Um, so they, but whether or not that's love, or is it just instinct to help the the baby? I don't I don't know. It's beyond my expertise. Right. It's interesting how much uh, humans have desired to connect with animals. I always think of uh, how much I love C.S. Lewis's Narnia. Mm-hmm. You know, and the idea that he created talking beasts that you could. Uh, connect with on an almost like human level to know them and uh and there's definitely 
a, a difference in um, animal brains development depending on their childhood, basically. Mm -hmm. Like if you raise a puppy, right. um, their brain is going to be different than if that dog was raised by a dog and never, you right. know, in relationship with humans. I agree. I don't think that they have the same uh, capacity for love, but it, I think it's interesting across the board that how much we desire for them to have that capacity. Yes. <laughs> you know, it yes. seems to be a desire yes. of human hearts to connect with animals almost on a human level. Right. Which I think is a very godly thing because, you know, if you take the, the Genesis account, you know, God put man over everything, which doesn't mean it doesn't get dominion, which doesn't mean you dominate in a bad way. It means that that they're part of the creation thing too, and we should care about about it. So I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to dog animals. I'm, I'm just saying that you know a cat is a dog, is a pig, is a baby. I don't I don't agree with that. I think that I think that animals have a capacity to do to love the best they can because they're animals, right? But yeah, I'm, I. I mean, and you will see, like, a, a, if a dog has, like, at least another dog it hangs out with, and that dog kind of gets hurt, that dog will go over and lick its wounds and all that kind of thing. I mean, and I mean, so there, there is a sense of companionship and, um, I guess you'd call it love, caring, or something like that. I, I just, I just think that humans being created in the image of God. Because the animals are not created in the image of God. It does not say that. It says that people are created in the image of God. So that means that the capacity that we love is is greater than than what they have. Is that what you were looking at? I was exactly what I was about to say. I was just reading God was created or God created man in his own image. It doesn't say that he created animals in right. his own image. And I think there is a separating, uh, dividing not that I think animals do have a capacity to love, um, but it's not in the image of God. Right. It's not the same love that right. he gives to us. So, but I, I do think that they have a different capacity to love. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think, but I still think that animals are underlying the survival. Bobby? Well, my service dog, old Dookie, he's 14 years old. Uh -huh. And he's more, to me, he's more like a human than humans. When my sugar goes up high, he comes directly to me and he'll put his paws on my knee. Mm -hmm. So I will check my sugar. Oh, yeah, it's high. So I take a shot. I broke down and cried the other day. And I finally went back to the bedroom and laid down on my bed. And I was crying. Duke jumped up on the bed, got right up against me, and he started going, uh, yeah. uh, and I couldn't figure out what his trouble was. So finally, when I got my crying over with, he was fine. And to me, my Duke is more of a, a loving person to me, like you people love me, but I think Duke has a stronger love for me. Now, I'm not saying that God created all animals equal, right. but to me, my, my buddy Duke seems 
like more like a human to me than some of these walking around down here. And you know, I, I love him. Well, people will say that about you know um, the, the 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 love like a dog has for you is better than a person because a dog never judges you, you know. Yeah, that might, that's an interesting point going on with that Bible verse, because the Bible verse doesn't say he didn't create animals not to be like him or whatever, but he created us in his image, and so we have that capacity to judge and to, you know, make assumptions or to, like, infer things and help someone, like, by sensing something in someone else, and so, like, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. I think the loyalty is uh, uh, higher in some species of mm-hmm. animals yeah. uh, because you know you know that that uh, that capacity of of love um, and uh, will 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 stick longer uh, than um, maybe uh, that of uh, that of people. So there are there are some things that are that are greater. It's not that humans are greater on every you know, at every level, but we will, we will see, I mean, that, that's why, uh, you know, uh, most, many breeds of dogs are so, so very loyal. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't, I don't think animals have, like, the, the, uh, capacity to choose between being good or evil, either. I, I don't, I don't think they're, they're equipped in that sense. I mean, like a dog can be really nice or a dog can be really mean, but I don't know if the dog sits and thinks about it and uses reason like, well, you know, maybe I should be mean to this guy and bite him. And I don't, I don't know if that's it. I think they just, they kind of react on whatever their instincts tell them. Um, but people though, we have the capacity to, to choose whether to be kind or to be mean and all that and not to be, um, you know, in, uh, Greg Boyd talked about that too, about the part of your brain and the fight and flight thing, about how hard that is to, because of the evolutionary process, how hard it is to not want to react on that. But, but like he says, Jesus tells us how we can control that part of our brain to actually still be loving towards everyone. I never brought up the dog stuff. Really stepped into some sticky business there. Well, somebody was thinking it, you know, so I just just threw it out there. Because it's not like I didn't think about it, too, as I was writing this, you know. I mean, I I, I haven't had a dog since I was a kid because I can't deal with the fact of the dog dying. I just just don't want to deal with it. I can't, you know. Um, But I know that my dog that I had grown up loved me. But I also know that dog, if somebody else would have fed it and took it away, she'd have loved her them too. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a dog. I mean, we, we, we love to make animals as human as possible because, like Bobby says, they're, they're, they're loyal and, and, they, and they seem to care and all that. And, but it's mostly because you can just sit down with your dog and you can talk to your dog and your dog, you know, it doesn't judge you and tell you how stupid you are for what you did and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I didn't get through everything, but that's okay. So, um, 
does that help a little bit? Maybe you've been wondering about the whole evolution and God thing together. Can you tie it into your very original question, which is why we are here? Like, isn't that where we started? I think so. I think I got lost along the way. <laughs> it started me in. Um, I think my original thought was since God is love and well, it's obvious that God wants a relation wanted a relationship, okay? And 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 it appears he he or God could not have the kind of relationship he wanted with with animals, or he would just stop on you know the animals and, and quit. Um, so by creating something in his image, you know, then that gives him that relational aspect that that he wanted. Um, the um, my original thought was. Um, that God created us, all right, and um, to whatever the process was, but that He, the only way that God can be known is if we love each other and we show love. Because if we go by how the animal kingdom lives, now there's there's now there's some aspects of how animals act that is much better than people. I, I totally understand all that, right? Um, but I, I think I think that, and I've heard the whole thing about God created people to to um, to worship Him, and it's like I, I don't. I think there's a truth to that, but I, I think it's much more that God wanted wanted wants relationship. He um. Apparently, if there's angels and stuff with him wherever he's at and all that, that's not enough. Um, but I, I don't know if I really can answer the original question because only thing I can think of is that love is the answer to everything. How that all ties into why we're here, I, I would simply say it's just simply that God wants to be known. And, and then... And once he's known, once God is known, then it's up to us to address that how we see. What if you made it more individual? Like, why are you here? Are you able to answer that easier, or is it kind of the same thing? It's the same thing. Um, because that's, cause that's um, the knock that a lot of um, preachers will give on the American church is that the American church has made everything very much about yourself. As where if you actually read scripture, most of the time God is talking to Israel. He's not talking to one person in Israel. Usually it's about the, 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 the corporate thing. God deals with everybody more so. That's why that's why people say, well, uh, well if God caused the hurricane, then why do Christians die? You know, that those kind of questions. Well, it's like because we're all in this together and sometimes People did die, you know. I mean, and so I, I mean, I would say the answer is the same thing. I I'm here to show to, to love people, to show that that's the existence of God. I was thinking, like, if we weren't here, it, it said in that verse, "God's love is perfected through us mm -hmm. or in us." Um, if we weren't here, 
God has all this love to give and to show and to teach. Yeah. What would he have done with that love if the humans weren't here, but to perfect it in us? It really, it really sounds like it really sounds like that God needs us as much as we need him. And I know that it's kind of offensive to some people, but it, it almost comes across like, because it doesn't make any sense. Really, it, it, there's no reason to have us here screwing everything up if, it's, if it wasn't necessary. For, for, so somehow, for somehow God needs humanity. Or chooses. I, I, I guess it's more me more focused on chooses, but... But there's a part of me, it, it, it feels like God needs us. That's why we're all still here. It'd be like a father with no children, you know? Yeah. Father's heart would yeah. be missing if there aren't children. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I also feel like today you kind of, it's just like, how do you reconcile uh, belief in God as a creator with a with a belief in evolution as well. So, yes, evolution is you see that it's obvious, and then, but there's that point that like without God, why would there be this incredible love among us? Yeah. Right. So that's reconciling the two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a whole. It's a whole. My point was kind of like love is 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 a proof that God used. If evolution is true, then, um, like I said, why would love evolve? That doesn't seem like a, a viable thing to survive. But because we're made in the image of God and God wants a relationship, a loving relationship, then that's why we have it. And God is love. Yes. And we're creating yeah. his image, so we have that in us. So if we, <laughs> we none of us were here, would God exist? <laughs> would we, how, would, how would we know if we're not here? Well, I know, but I'm saying <laughs> if God is love and he needs us to express mm -hmm. that love, do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a... You can't really answer it, but... <laughs> but that's kind of what I'm saying, is that God needs us. To exist. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he needs us to... to exist. It's kind of like what you said, about if God is love, you have, you have to give. Love is giving. If you have nothing to give it to, then maybe he wouldn't exist. Waxing philosophical with TLR. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, so, have some bread and juice over there. Um, everyone is invited to partake in communion. Um, uh, communion is a way for us to um, to remember the love that God has for us. That that Jesus was willing to. Um, sacrifice himself because he loved us. It was not because God was angry at us that he had to kill Jesus. It was Jesus showing God's love on the cross that he that, that God loves us so much that he's willing to sacrifice himself and to give of himself for us to live. So, um, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. And we do thank you, Lord, for your love. And I, just thank you for love in general. It is, it is such a, a great thing to have. Um, even though sometimes people abuse it and misuse it, and, and 
but like I just said, there's there was um, no greater sign shown of love than, than you coming down and in dying for our sins. Um, you were willing to give give your all to show how much you love, and that is the example that we are to follow. Um, so as we come, Lord, and partake in the uh, the bread and juice, we pray you, Lord, that it um, it strengthens us spiritually, and and it also helps us to remember how much you love us. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again to Jess for music this morning. It actually, I actually like the idea just sitting and kind of listening and not worrying about reading and all that. Just, just kind of sit back and close your eyes and listen to what the words say. And yeah, well, I didn't remember. I, I can't hear Kim singing. Really. Oh no! No, it's awesome. I can't sing. I can't Is that when you started singing louder? No, probably the last <laughs> song. Because I like that song, so I was singing like that loud. Y'all do this. Sometimes I wish the mask covered my eyes because it's going to go away right now. No, I just rolled my eyes and I'm like, oh, well, that was rude. That's what happens every time I try to pull the mask up on the kids. I know, it's right up over their eyes. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, sir. Is that uh, next week's community meal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it must be. Yeah, May 27th. So. And it's soup. Soup and whatever. Maybe a veggie chili? Mm -hmm. Maybe taco soup? The taco soup is... You can make, you can make the taco soup. No, you don't like that. Mm -hmm.
You want me to make the taco soup? Well, you make whatever you want to. <laughs> I mean, it's your taco soup. <laughs> I, I need it way more time than me, though. My grandma, in all of her, I think I told you this recently, but in all of her recipes, it was like Cheryl's, you know, taco salad, or like, you know, Judy's Jello Corner Pie, or something. She always had Jello Pie. I know. I know. She always had. The name of the person that gave her is the person that gave her a card. Are you going to be able to find her tonight? Please, please, please. Oh, we're doing it. That's all we ever do tonight. I, so I started reading, listening to that daughter detox book, and that was the one that she talked about all the studies that people do with their, with babies and their parents, and that's when you were talking about Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I think she really liked it. Anyway. And that was the one that said that mothers, human mothers have less of an instinct to take care of their kid than the elephant. And it's the cry, the sound of the cry, and that's what we hate. What you make? To be just fair, like, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, you hear horse stories. You look so cute today. She picked out her own outfit. I like it. Like this ripped jeans and the pants. But it's like you're ready to. Hi. 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 H